Welcome to the I Love Music Podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music Podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview two amazing music supervisors, Lindsay Wolfington and Laura Webb. Together, they have been working on the Netflix rom-com trilogy to all the boys I've loved before and won Best Music Supervision in a Television Limited Series or Movie at the Guild of Music Supervisors Awards. Each of them have worked on so many shows over the years. Lindsay is known for her work on One Tree Hill, where she featured over 1,700 songs from breaking artists. Laura Webb has worked on Siren, Teen Wolf, Sacred Lies, Resident Alien, and The Purge. Check out Warrior Nun on Netflix. Lindsay was a music supervisor and features music from Leaky Lee and Billie Eilish. This conversation was so insightful for artists who want to get their music placed and for people who want to be music supervisors. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty with Lindsay's microphone, but around the 10 minute mark, we were able to get a fix. All right, let's get into their interview. Laura and Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is awesome. So tell me about each of your your journey. How did you guys get started working in music? Yeah, so I, I didn't know that music supervision was a career at first, but I've always loved music and I was always drawn to film as well. So I actually started as an agent trainee in um, on the film side and I rep, we wept actors and that was sort of my first foray. But I knew, you know, I... I I just didn't even know that that was a career. And then once I learned that it was, I had to figure out how to have that job. Yeah. (laughs) So it took copious amounts of research, but it wasn't as like readily as known of a profession when I was trying to strike out. But I, um, there was this thing called, I don't know if it still exists, but in the agency world, it's called the UTA job list. And I oh, saw, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if it's still a thing. But, I don't know um, if it is either, actually. But Yeah, and so I knew, uh, while I was at my, my job in the agent trainee management world, I saw a listing, and it didn't say what supervisor it was, but there was an opening. And so I got to go on the interview. When I got there, it was all the soundtracks that I was obsessed with and had bought and loved and studied and, you know, before I ever knew it was a job, and that was the supervisor. I, I did it. I did a pretty decent interview, I guess, and I got the job. and um, And I got to train under Laura Wasserman and Darren Higman, who were the supervisors I got to work with. And you know, from day one, when I got there, it was uh, it was it it just all kind of fit and was right, and I wasn't yelled at by um, actors anymore. Uh, so that was awesome or my bot or my agents that I worked for, you know, and it just was, it just felt like, Oh, this is what I should be doing. And I kind of studied under them. And then I got to go out on my own about, I don't know, 12 years ago. So that's great. How about you, Lindsay? Um, yeah, so I, I was always buying soundtracks and I was mad when I'd watch a movie and love the music and they didn't have a soundtrack. Like I remember loving the cutting edge and I think like every record store I went in from like 1990 to 2000, I was like, is there a cutting edge soundtrack in here? And obviously there was actually no cutting edge soundtrack. I love that movie so much too. (laughs) Right? And I, Laura knows this too. I was also a huge fan of the film Reality Bites, which I think is like, one of my favorite movies for music, and I thought that soundtrack was so awesome. 
And, you know, I actually, I worked in radio as a DJ in college, and after doing that for a little bit, I knew I didn't want to continue doing that. And I was a huge fan of the TV show Felicity. Nice. I love that show back in the day. So good. (laughs) Right? And it was all like, you know, she was in college when I was in college, and she was emotional, and I was emotional, and like the song played her emotions, and And I was also, like, even when I worked in radio, I worked at a commercial modern rock radio station, and I liked some of that stuff. But we would play, like, Dido or Ben Lee, like, like twice a week. They got super what we called light rotation. Um, But I was always most drawn to those artists. And, you know, I later on learned that those are actually usually the artists that work better for sync anyway. But I ended up, um, I moved to LA after graduating from college and wanted to be a music supervisor. I think I saw the title in an end credit somewhere and was like, I think that's what this job is called. And I ended up meeting with an alumnus from my acapella group, because I did acapella in college, um, who worked at Disney overseeing Felicity and Alias. So when I was like, well, that's the show, my dream show to get to work on for music, he was like, I know the women who do it. Your best bet is to start an unpaid intern. And like a week later, I met with them. And another week later, I started. And after a week of working unpaid, they were like, we can tell you're really into this. And they needed help. So um, they hired me a whopping $300 a week. But I was right where I wanted to be. So, um, and, you know, I ended up working for them for four years. And then when they split up their company, it was Jennifer Piken and Madonna Wade Reed. They had a company called Daisy Music back in the early 2000s. When they decided to split up their partnership, I went out on my own. um, And in that process, One Tree Hill was one of the shows that I had done with them. And One Tree Hill decided to keep me. So it was huge. And I was super lucky to be able to go out on my own and actually have a show right away. Um, A show that I adored working on, too. Making the jump from, you know, interning to like music coordinator to music supervisor, what was like one of the biggest things you learned, like progressing like in your career? I mean, for me, interning was whatever they needed me to do, which just continued. Obviously, I interned for a week. So like, what I was doing as a quote unquote coordinator, or maybe I was an assistant, I didn't really, there wasn't like a title, I just worked for them. (laughs) Yeah. and then, so, I mean, that was, like, you. I started off, I just remember I started off, like, churning out confirmation letters. Um, they had four TV shows at the time, and so I was just doing, helping with that cleanup paperwork and helping prepare packages, you know, to hand in our paperwork, preparing, like, making the mixes, burning, like, this was back when we burned CDs. And we <laughs> yeah. The front cover. Oh, and my the- God, and hand-typed the playlists like hand typing all that like times six people it went to to totally (laughs) burning cds it was time consuming calling the messenger to pick them up and we would fax we had to fax all the con like with the you know at the actual machine like faxing all the um confirmations and then checking the fax every you know every so often to make sure confirmations or approvals have come in yeah, I miss, like, getting approvals via fax machine was exciting because, like, you would hear it ring and you'd be like, ooh, something's coming! <laughs> and now people would be like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> what is a fax machine? I know. What's an e-fax? I like, know. You, you know? Yeah. And and I, um, oh, sorry, were you done, Lindsay, or? 
No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Sorry. I mean, I, I was an assistant and a coordinator for God so many years. So I, I feel like I run the gamut, but I mean, the whole thing is that you want to make yourself invaluable so that they, you know, rely on you and then give you more responsibility once they trust you. So whatever it was to anticipate and make their life easier, that's what you do until they like, oh, come with us, like, let us teach you things. And I think I always asked because I, I, I like being busy. I just was like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And I think that that is such a key for people starting out, you know, instead of sitting around waiting, just being like, what else, you know, or is there, hey, I have a question. Why is that? Because I'm I'm naturally a curious person. So I ask a lot of questions. And sometimes, you know, like you have to like gauge when that moment's appropriate or not. But if they are receptive, it's like, you know, and you have a good boss that wants you to learn, which I did, that's so key in terms of and then, you know, and then you also learn on the job as you rise up in the ranks and sort of, but, you know, we have a really nice community as well. So it's really great to call up somebody and say, hey, have you ever encountered this? And Lindsay and I, that's how we started working together, too. We would just be like, what do you do in this situation, too, is, is um, polling the audience is always a good, a good resource. Uh, how did you both get to work together? So yeah, so we, uh, we, we've been friends for a long time. And we met actually in Nashville, not even in LA, but we, we at one of these retreats and, and uh, we realized we had a lot in common. And we actually shared an office several years ago. And so on that, sometimes we, we had these projects that would pop up and they needed to be done in like, okay, two weeks. So we would divide and conquer. And then, and this movie came about and it was one of those also that needed to be done in a really quick amount of time. And we decided to, we, we really like working with each other. We, we have similar tastes and, and kind of ethos about how we work. So it was sort of a no brainer to team up and it's, it's always really fun. And I think the productions benefit from, you know, two heads and two different minds working together to collaborate. Especially on movie two, you know, we'd find that like one of us would dig into a search for a song and like we had some original songs written. So I would call the manager or the A&R person and give them notes while Laura was searching for a scene that we did 10 million searches on. Anyway, so two people, one, two brains are better than one. And um, there's also, you know, people don't always realize there's a lot of work that goes into music supervision. So it's clearance, it's, you know, having original songs written, it's doing on camera stuff. We had um, some on camera moments, both in film two and film three. And the film three moments were happening at the same time that film two was, you know, the editor was asking for music for certain scenes in post. So yeah, it definitely helps to have two people to juggle all that stuff. And um, we also have a music coordinator who worked on the films with us too. So, you know, they can <laughs> keep the paperwork rolling, you know, save documents that come in, whatever it is. Um, what is that day-to-day like for people that don't know of what goes into everything for music supervision? <laughs> no day is ever the same. I, you know, it's, it, and a film can be different than a TV show too. Like in television, 
You can be in one day, you can read a script for one episode, send music to an editor for another, be clearing music for a different one, and maybe even doing a confirmation letter for a fourth. Yeah, or like calling an artist that's like, eh, I don't know if I want to be in your movie. And then you have to call and try to persuade those artists to plea, you know, so in, in yeah. tracking down the manager and just saying like, hey, look, this is all like a, a, a all on the up and up and let me explain what the scene and the context is and we feel so strongly about this, like that happens or, you know. When there's, you know, when there's like a song that isn't clearing, you like drop everything and like figure out how to solve that problem, how to clear it, how to, you know, or replace the song that didn't clear whatever it is. What's the missing 5%? Like, oh, we just got all the approvals back, but we're missing 5%. All right, all hands on deck. Let's all like, let's right. scour the like the internet and call people and see like, who has this 5%? You know, it, it's, um, we're, we're, we're problem solvers a lot, you know, and, and it's, it's sort of how do you figure that out? Is it, so being fluid and flexible are very key. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, and, and taking, being assertive, I think, is also really helpful because as an independent music supervisor, to make a living, you have to work on multiple projects at the same time. Um, and you don't want any of them to feel like they are getting the shorter end of the stick. So, you know, if I, if I have to jump, usually like, so I have a full-time coordinator. If there's an emergency, I usually jump into it. And Rachel, who works with me, keeps the wheels turning on everything else, making sure that song is cleared by the mix, making sure the music editor gets wave files, making sure the music editor gets writer and publishing information for the cue sheet. So yeah, um, yeah. definitely the less glamorous stuff, but like I adore her for keeping the wheels turning so that I can problem solve or think outside the box. Laura and I can have a soundtrack call where you know we're, we're looking at something that's bigger than just the use in the film. Did we exhaust you yet? Yeah. There's a lot no. of calls. We're on, like, I mean, on the second film, we're like, oh my gosh, so many calls, so many calls. <laughs> Everyone wants to have conference calls, and now it's Zoom calls. <laughs> so then you're like, wait, I got to do my yeah. real job still. And so then we were like, you know, weekends, nights, like, oh, okay, now I can sit through and listen to everything because. What what is the process like when you start like a new movie or a new television series? You know, like how do you decide, oh, I want this is the feel of the music or usually you'll meet on a project. Um, sometimes it might be people you're working with already, but so you kinda know what they like, but usually it's like, let's all get in a room, let's talk about ideas, thoughts, all that to see like what it is. Hopefully, Depends when you come in in the process, because um, sometimes we get hired later. But usually, you know, you'll read the script and you kind of come in with some ideas that you have, but you want to see if they align with your creatives, be it the the network, the showrunner, yeah. the, you know, the director. Depends on you know who's the most who's going to drive the editor, and and then as you're kind of going throughout the process, it's let's try things up to picture, let's see what works, let's, what's the sound of the film, what's the sound of these characters, do we buy that, like, Laura Jeans listens to punk rock? No, we don't, so, okay, moving on from that, you know, mm -hmm. so now, then we feel like, um, you know, we know the sound of these characters, so it's a little, it's, it's, a, it's, sort of, I say, throwing spaghetti against the wall of like, all right, what's the, what works? Let's try some things. Let's see what we all feel like that feels good to all of us. Because, you know, the, a misconception is that it's just us making playlists 
and that's it. We just, you know, but we have so many uh, decision makers and it's a, it's a multi decision maker process and everybody's got to be on the same page about the music. And there's a, you know, usually there's a lot of people involved in that. Yeah. And I have to say like, sometimes first season shows can be the hardest because you're starting from scratch. So you are working to create what is, what's that tone going to be. And especially I think with score, like there are music decisions, but it's, it's easy to be like, okay, here's a mix. Which songs do you feel like embody our show? And they can be like, oh, one through nine was great. Didn't love 11, didn't love 15, whatever it is. Um, but with score, you know, you also really need to bring in temp score so they can just start hearing even like what palette are we working in? Are we working with real instruments or are we working with, you know, pads and futuristic yeah. sounds? Um, and sometimes it's easier than others, and sometimes it struggles. I, I worked on a project where we had a really hard time. The showrunner wasn't exactly sure to how to articulate what they wanted, but would be like, oh, I know it when I hear it. And we'd, we'd meet and decide on the songs that we thought were the tone, and then we a month later, she'd be pulling those songs out. So, you know, <laughs> sometimes it takes a lot of trial and error. And then other times, like on... I do a Netflix show called Virgin River and I actually came in on episode three. They had hired a composer, Jeff Garber, who I had worked with before. And, um, he totally had that acoustic sound. The show takes place in a rural Northern California town where like it's forests and beautiful scenery everywhere. So like they knew their sound and that sound worked. And I was like, Oh, I can give you singer songwriter all day. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and sometimes, like, uh, actually how we started on the first two All the Boys movie, we kind of came in later, and all the movie was all tempt with music, actually, that was, like, top 40 and stuff that was out of their budget range, which is a big factor of what can be used for most projects. Um, I have never worked on something with an unlimited budget. I think that would be awesome, but uh, most of yeah. the things, you know, I dream about it, but... Um, it's also fun and you get creative. So like with that, that was a different process because we got like, uh, there was um, like a Jason Derulo song. And with that, we said, okay, well, we get the feeling of that song. Let's find things that are more affordable um, in that wheelhouse kind of with that also kind of we think tells the story in that way. So that's sometimes when you come on and we do the cleanup because uh, you know, some people do it that way. There's all different ways of when we get hired. It's always, but it's always great. We like, we prefer to kind of be there from the beginning to kind of set the tone and the palette. Although there can be some creative, like sometimes the restraint of only being able to work within a certain budget is almost more fun. Like I've done some TV shows where it's like, we don't have much, but we want something weird and dark. And it's like, okay, I got a thousand to two thousand dollars a person. Like, who's in? Right. And then you go to like people who represent cool indie artists and you try to work with only a couple companies and they send you some really cool stuff. And it's things that people have never heard before. So your show actually sounds really fresh because of it. I mean, like, music supervisors are, are like kind of the new AR because what you're placing on the shows if someone like hasn't heard that song and it's such a great song it could like help like launch an artist's career um how have you seen that play out on the movies and shows you've worked on 
I mean, I think the biggest recent success story we saw was Ash with on the second film. We found we just heard she has over a hundred million streams of moral of the story. So, and that was a song that had been out for a year. We had been sent it right around when it was releasing. And we had a scene, a big breakup scene, and we had to film with. Um, and then, you know, it took a while as we were working on the film and the production and then post-production process. And then when the film finally came out and it coincided with all these people running and discovering the song that they so might good. not have been exposed to, you know, like I, I, they, she had some, like, you know, she had fans already, but it just opened up the scope to a much wider, wider audience. Yeah, she went from streaming like seven thousand a day to two million or two hundred thousand, you know, in that first week, and then was up at a million after a week. It was pretty, like it, it, they sent us the Spotify chart, and there's this just like huge, like the day the movie, the day after the movie came out, you can see like the streams spiking, and that was a use that was super featured. Our lead actress lip synced to it, um, and it was a huge moment, you know. It yeah. was a big breakup moment. So we, both Laura and I think throughout our career have found that the moments that have a song that mean the most to the fans, you know, that have the most meaning within the project are the songs that really resonate and that people react to. And that's where you see sales. Um, you know, and in the first movie, you know, you waited that whole, in the first two All the Boys I've Loved Before, you waited the whole movie for them to finally, like, kiss and actually realize they liked each other. And that happens in the hot tub when a song yeah, called yeah. Lovers by Anna of the North is playing. And she saw the same thing. It's funny, the song had been out a year and her record label was having, like, their weekly meeting. And we're like, you know, Anna's, like streams are super up this week like what happened what promotion did we do and they were like wait i think we approved that movie because yeah and the movie had we i think they had cleared it you know eight months prior and they just kind of didn't realize it was the timing <laughs> yeah so but it was so you know crazy. and they were really smart because they took that as like a kickstart and then ran with the momentum and worked with spotify to get her on more playlists and so she got more and more streams and ended up being able to book a U.S. tour off of it and get um, uploaded to a bigger distributor. So it really opened up some opportunities for her. Um, Ash has seen some interest from radio, like Alt 98.7 in L.A. and Sirius um, are playing Moral of the Story. So that's really fun. And we also had an original song called About Love um, written and performed by Marina, um, for the second to all the boys and it played in the last moment of the film with the big kiss yeah. you know super feel-good moment and that song is done really well too um, and you know if you asked I think Laura and I did an interview with TuneFind or somebody before uh, the movie came out and they said well what do you think are going to be the biggest songs to react from the film and those were our predictions and and we were fortunate and accurate. And, and they felt the most, I mean, or, I mean we love, we just, they just felt really special. Like there was just something really special about it. So we were going with our gut and, and thankfully it was right that time. <laughs> um, like, how is it right now for both of you? Is there a lot of stuff in post-production that you guys are working on or is it, has stuff halted or yeah, what, What's going on with the pandemic side of things? To All the Boys 3 is in editing. You know, that's something that didn't plan to mix until a 
you know, later this year anyway. So that yeah. actually, we've been working yeah. on that, but probably the same amount we would be working on it with or without quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're at the stage where we're just trying to improve upon the music. We might have some original songs written. We're working with our soundtrack partner to see, you know, where we can make the most of things. Um, but other than that, like, well, I had actually, my main two shows had wrapped, thankfully. So I just had paperwork left to complete on those. So I've done that. I'm working on one film that is in post, but any nothing that's not in post-production. Yeah. And then Lindsay and I were working on a, a new show for Amazon and we were just in pre-production and it's very dance and choreography heavy. But yeah. we, you know, we shut, we, we were working on clearing. We were, I think we cleared over like 130 songs, but um, we didn't get to film because large groups of people cannot gather. So um, that one yeah. is until we can get back to filming, we'll be back. And then um, I'm working on a new show for sci-fi and we're filming the first season but we didn't get to finish it so we edited up until we could but as of last week uh we don't have anything until we can get some more footage so we're stopped for now and i had another show that was we had two more or three more episodes to mix so we've actually re remotely mixed which is a, a new you know a new interesting process so oh gosh, we're trying to, yeah. you know, we were just trying to figure that all out. But it was wrapping anyway. So thankfully, it had everything had been shot. But really, we just need things, and then, uh, you know, we just need things to pick back up and film. But until everybody's safe and can do it in a responsible way, so you know, we keep hearing from people like they're like when they predict. But I mean, all of that's a shot in the dark until we get a better handle on this. You know, and it's been interesting reading some of the articles yeah. like on Deadline and Variety about how they would handle film crews post, you know, this. But, you know, music supervisors don't have to be on set as often as most of the film crews. You know, like, I work from home, Lindsay works from home. So that part yeah. didn't really change of, like, working from home. In some ways, you know, that sort of, sort of stays the same, but we want everybody to be safe that makes the footage that we put music to. You know, if we had, if we had to be on oh, set. Oh, definitely. And there are some projects where you do, you know, we'd have to take all those precautions that the rest of our film crews that we work with do as well. Um, I do know, like, in the next, like, in about a month or so, some of the writers' rooms are starting starting to, like, fire back up. Yeah, they'll up, do so them, like, know... remotely, I've heard, or something, right. Yeah, they'll do them remotely, but, like, at least, like, I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, like... <laughs> The writers are starting, are going to start back up like in a month on, on various Yeah, it's like, shows, or are we all so, going like, to film in like, New Zealand? Because it looks like they, or if they'd even let us in, right? Like, because they seem like they have a, yeah. a, it all on hold. And I have, a, I have a good friend of mine who lives in Iceland, and they're actually able to go back to work and school like May 4th, which is great, you know. Yeah. Really? They have no and do they have it? Do yeah, they, they have it under? their leadership. Oh, my gosh. Um, really got right. it on hold yeah so they they're um they really were able to manage it and i guess that'll be interesting for the rest of us to see how that hand you know how 
Seriously. I love Iceland. I went there last year on um, vacation and it was like Ugh, one of my I'm favorite dying. places. I know I'm I've dying to go. To. And that was, you know, as, as we're doing all our Zoom calls and catching up with our friends all over, you know, it's like, hey, you, you want to come visit? I'm like, yeah, whenever we can travel again. But yes, <laughs> especially since I don't have to worry about it there. Right. <laughs> but then it's like, are they yeah. going to let us in too? But who knows? Yeah. Right. What have been some of the, your favorite projects um, you both have gotten to work on? I mean, on? we obviously love, um, we love these uh, To All the Boys m movies because it's also, it's so rewarding when fans engage the way that, you know, we're like, we're pretty proud of every, you know, it's like you're always proud of everything you work on. You just don't know how it's going to be received. So those were, it was very fulfilling right. that people finally saw something you worked on, you know, like in that they would talk to you about it. Like that was actually really nice. And it was so great to share it with Lindsay, who's a dear friend of mine from, for a very long time. So it's really nice to share that. Um, I'm, I'm very personally proud of Teen Wolf. Like the, that group of people are some of the, my favorite people in the world. And we really got to do what we wanted. And, and my showrunner, Jeff Davis really, gave me the wings to fly and really let me use music I personally really love and was always really supportive. Um, and it was really fun to see the fans uh, support it as well in that project and really yeah. draw, like they really were driven to the music. And I was really, my, one of my ethos is always trying, and Lindsay's too, I know, is always trying to introduce viewers to new music you've never heard because that's just how I've always been. But that has was a really um you know and getting to be on it for such a long time with people i still are some of my dearest friends is you know it doesn't always feel like work when you get to do projects like that so that one will always be something really dear to me it was also Ooh. like your main project on your own your first big project on mm -hmm. your own right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think there's yeah. Yeah. always something special about that i mean i feel the same way about one tree hill i felt like you know i worked with someone that you know i felt like he trusted me, both Mark Schwann and Joe, Joe Davola gave me a lot of leeway and like, would like tell the editors, like don't put in music unless it comes from Lindsay, which is huge. Um, and we used a ton of music that I actually liked and a ton of music that kind of, that wasn't all just in one genre. You know, we used yeah. singer songwriter, we used rock, we used indie rock, we used hip hop. You know, we were not afraid of a slide guitar. Like there were kind of no rules, which was made it really fun. And then, yeah, it was a, it wasn't a huge show, but it had a small fan base, and those fans bought music. So it was also nice to know that there was someone on the other end who cared and was listening to what we put in there. And like Laura said, I mean, to all the boys has kind of been the same. One, it's exciting because it is a huge project. Like it's been a huge mm -hmm. movie for Netflix, and so. People talk about it. People get excited about it. Um, it's also very sweet. Like, it's characters we love living in their world. So it's really fun for us to put the music in their world. And I think both Laura and I personally enjoy the music that we place in there, um, even though it is very specific. But that's kind of cool, too. Um, and I do have to say, like, we, we went to the premiere for this second one. And <laughs> it was so fun because it was the reactions from the crowd were like, oh, no, go, girl, you don't need him you know like <laughs> not peter no john ambrose like people are yeah it was, it was i've never experienced anything like that before 
<laughs> it was so fun, you know, like they kiss. It was like watch it was like old school Saved by the Bell, except it was actual people live. <laughs> I know that was fun. Oh, premieres. I wonder if they'll ever happen again. <laughs> oh man. I hope so. I know, because it is real. I mean, there is something, especially that project, because it's been on Netflix, like it was really fun to experience the audience feel too, you know, like Mm -hmm. It is always interesting to see how people react to think something you've worked on. Um, you obviously hope they like it, but yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, how do you both discover new music? Listen, <laughs> right. You're right, you're right? There's so the much time. that comes in. Laura is actually better about it than I am. You know, she tries to get through everything. I I have kids, and especially now, like that is taking up a huge part of my brain space. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. you know, when people send things out and they give a little description, like, does that description fit what I need for the shows I'm working on? Does that description fit something that I personally am interested in? And if it doesn't really, then I'll probably come back to it later or it'll resurface somehow if it's important. And, and if not, I move on because there's only so much so many hours in the day yeah, but yeah. um yeah. no it's okay I was just gonna say we both probably you know you listen for like 10 seconds and you know if you're gonna like the song or not yeah like I have like a, a democratic process I'm, I'm I haven't been as good lately just because I don't you know the world's crumbling but um I have <laughs> yeah I know right I'm like I, I'm trying but I don't know yeah but that's just like just the headspace right now but I'll get over it but um I mean because music's always so inspiring once you like you're like why am I not doing this more but I, um, I put everything cause we get sent from all, you know, we get sent, we've been doing this quite a while now where we have a lot of people send us music. So of that, I, um, put it into like a listening queue and I actually try to listen to everything. Now it's like, I think my queue is like 15,000 right now, but so I don't, wow. I don't know how I'm doing that. But anyway, I, I try to be really democratic and what I'll do is I have it on as I'm, well, I'm not driving anywhere now, but when I was driving places and when I, I just have it on in the house and then I, I feel like if a song grabs you, it's a good song. So then I'll be like, oh, what is that? And I don't look at like who it's by or necessarily it's just sort of like if it grabs me. And, yeah. um, and then I make my own personal playlist for that. So I always want to, I mean, you always will listen for whatever specific project you're on. But I also just want to have that for discovery to know when someone's sites like, have you heard the new whatever album? I'll be like, yeah, I have. Or, you know, just so you're and that way you're listening to all genres, everything so that when you get pulled onto a project, maybe you're not as maybe it's a genre you don't use as much in some of your projects. Um, you can be like, oh, yeah, I like this, this and this. So, it, you know, that's what I try to do. I, I haven't been as successful lately, but I'll, I'll get back to it. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then also just um, trying to gauge what zeitgeist is. I try I actually try to listen like when I see that people reference music that I you know, I like to always just sort of kind of be on top of that if I can. Uh, so to the people out there that like who want to become music supervisors, what advice do you give them? Just get in the door in this world. Um, you know, our when I say our world, our, our world is music for media, right? And we are two independent music supervisors that you're talking to. But there are also music departments at studios, at networks, at... Uh, you know, for trailers, for video games, for ads. And then there are all the people, all the labels and publishers who pitch to us. Like they, all the majors have sync departments. And then there are tons of smaller companies that represent indie labels or indie artists that pitch to us. And 
it's a pretty expansive world. And I think if you can get on any side of it to begin with, you're proving that you're one, that you love music and two, you're interested in this field. And if I'm hiring, if, I, if there's someone out there with any experience in any of those sides, they are a better candidate than someone who has zero experience in any of those sides. Yeah. And I think also like being passionate about it, like if that's your, I mean, as Lindsay and I were driven by that, like that's where what kind of lit, lit our fire, but looking up, like say you, you're watching a show, look up that music, look who did it. You know, I look everybody up. I look up, you know, like what's that project? Who created that? Oh, they did this, you know, uh, like uh, when liner notes, ex- I mean, they, liner notes still exist, but like hard copy CDs, I would go and it's like, who are all those people that were involved on the soundtrack? Now, you, I guess you can find it digitally, but um, yeah. you know, and, and looking up names, how can you get to them? Um, and just seeing like, you know, so that you can reference different things that really influenced you and knowing trends like oh it seems that this kind of music gets used a lot I mean I think if you can you know citing oh I really loved this placement I think that that shows that you have a real passion for it you know I've definitely interviewed people where they couldn't I was like well what's your favorite tv show or what's your you know and sometimes it's hard on the spot but if you can't really point to that like I want someone that really loves this world you know I mean because I want to find like who, who was me. And I've had people come to me asking, to, you know, help to find an internship. And I'm like, okay, well, like, what's your dream list? Give me like two or three music supervisors, because I probably know them. Like, you know, what's your dream list? And we'll start with them. Um, right. But if you if there's no one in particular, then there's not, there's not as much power behind the message. Like when people say to me, like, oh, would you mind talking to my niece or whoever it is? Like she was a huge One Tree Hill fan. I'm like, sure, I'll always talk to a One Tree Hill fan. Um, And then I think the second part of wherever you get your internship or job is to work your butt off and prove your value because hard work stands out. It's funny, like I'm my daughter basically complains because she has homework and I'm like stop complaining and just start doing it and it'll get done faster and I literally said to her today I was like nobody wants to hang out with the complainers they want the people to get the job done so just like just do just do it like your homework is your homework that's not going to change so like let's just get it done yeah it's like ask questions make yourself invaluable and then it's it's also I always like when people take the initiative to I mean you know within reason but just being like what more can I do for you or hey I have a question like when when what does what does MFN mean you know like that they're really thinking about that and that they really care instead of just being like looking at their clock and and wanting to leave ten minutes early like no thank you I'm sorry like I want you to be here you know yes we have lives but you know at the same time like let's make the most of the time that you're there instead of you know being on social media and Snapchatting or whatever, you know, like you want someone that is happy to be there. That's great. How about from an artist's perspective? What advice do you give artists who want to have a placement, who want to get a sync from a music supervisor's standpoint? I mean, my first advice is find someone to represent you for placement. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like a really quick entry point. And for us, I mean, and there are tons of companies that do this. So it's not like there are only five gatekeepers and you can't get in if you don't know those five people. But to know that someone has vetted that you own what you say you own, someone when I send them paperwork is going to understand the language that's on there because it can be confusing, especially if you've never seen it before. So um, working 
with someone who can guide you and get you in front of the right people, I think is what I would want if I were an artist. Yeah. And it's like, if you are reaching out, cause I think Lindsay and I are actually sometimes per, maybe, you know, receptive to people, you know, like cold calls sometimes, you know, not, I, it's just like, you can't gauge through all the emails, but you sometimes, you know, something might like float through. And if it does, sometimes I, I find when someone's done the research about what I work on, who I am knows that stuff, maybe it's like, I work on Siren and it's a, we use moody, dark, kind of sexy stuff for, you know, naughty mermaids. And I always appreciate, and that with that, with that as an example, because we're currently yeah. airing and it's, we're on our third season. So we have a sound and a, and a, you know, style. So you could look at past uses and say, Hey, I've noticed that you've used, um, you know, this artist, this artist, this artist, my stuff sort of like that. Would you, you know, check it out? And I kind of think sometimes I am curious to be like, oh, all right, cool. Let me see. So when someone's taken the initiative and the research and really uh, taken time with it, I, I, I am more receptive to that stuff instead of the, I mean, I think we get 50 a day. Hey, what are you working on? And it's, I can't answer everybody doing that because I have to actually right. still do the job. So I'm more inclined to people who who take that extra initiative, for sure. When you do that, include the music. Don't, it's oh, really yeah. hard. Don't ask, how do you, how can I submit something to you? Because that takes more time for me to explain to do that than to actually just click on a link and see if. Yeah, and not just streaming. Because, you know, every, everybody else streams music. We are the one cat, one little niche, or at least one of the one niche um, parts of, in the music business. We need the downloadable link because we need to try it to picture and us to us to email you later, you know, right. like if we have it, because also we'll just go to our iTunes or whatever service we, you know, use because it's all what's our actual because we need to go fire that off and an editor's asking for something in the next 20 minutes. We're not going to then ask you and then you were somewhere and, you know, we don't get it till the next day, then you've lost that opportunity. So it's like, we still need you to send it as it can be, you know, you can do both. Cause I, I think some supervisors have different preference, but really have like streaming, but make sure downloadable. Because we need an MP3 or a wave to send to an editor. Definitely. Yeah. Any other tips for music supervisors or artists out there? I mean, knowing that, you know, if we do reach out, knowing if you it was a cover song, if there's samples in your song, um, that you who your co-writers are, that they readily available um, contact information. If you want to help, because we say, hey, look, that writer on that song isn't getting back to us, and we have you know five hours right. to get this cleared. Being super on, you know, getting us a wave right away. Just being like, we are on a tight time crunch, so we need you to hustle. Definitely. And and it, you know, like I think that is, and and sometimes there's hurry up and wait. Like we'll we need all that, but then it might be. You know, like on films, you're posting for a year. So you just have to kind of hang in there and wait. And um... and I think on both sides for prospective music supervisors and for artists who want to get placed. I mean, you know, Laura said it before, be passionate. You know, if you're an artist and that emotion is in your music, you know, what we're doing all day is matching emotions with music. So the most songs we're using have some sort of emotion, whether that emotion is happy or sad or... Um, like I felt at one point, if you have a broken heart, you better be writing a song because it, we can use it all day long on a, mm, in television. And and I guess right now, yeah, I mean, we always said this before, but maybe people, maybe artists realize like home and like platonic love and 
being together, those songs always work, as we're seeing in all ads at the moment. <laughs> Corona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, wanting to be a music supervisor, like show that you're show that you love music, show that you love how music plays in different media, that it when you're genuine, it, it speaks louder than anything. And that's perfect lead into my next question. I ask this to all my guests. Why do you love music? Ooh, why do you love music? Why don't you love music? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, I know. I mean, it helps, you know, like one of the things of like tying it to visuals is it really helps uh, strengthen that emotion that you're trying to convey. But I mean, obviously a song without the visuals as well, but it really taps into, it can sometimes articulate things that you are trying to articulate yourself and the song can really encapsulate that and just really help you tap into emotions and get you through tough times and, or just give you, you know, there's sub that are so like Lindsay and I love sad songs. We love like a good cry. It's really cathartic, you know, and that it can raise those emotions I think that's a really beautiful thing and and that you all can share in that it's just it's a really lovely thing yeah I would say two things I mean I think like the moments when I'm like oh I love this song are the moments when I lose myself in the music and I think also like especially as a teenager I used to like to lose myself in the music kind of to escape not that I was that I was dealing with any like hardship or anything but um just a way to get out of your head and you know tune out and then I mean just some it's just sheer beauty too you know I mean there's just some things that are so beautiful it moves you to tears yeah I mean <laughs> and, you know like the goosebumps like that that can happen from I mean that's so cool I don't know anyway <laughs> it's interesting you know too because like having had kids they say that music is everybody's first language like everybody can understand music so it does have that universal quality it's funny too because like i'm sure laura feels there's certain genres that like we also can't stand and then there are ones that we love um because they make us happy make us feel mellow make us feel sad um i guess it it makes you feel less alone because you get to feel those emotions with somebody because you know somebody was feeling something when they recorded that song and connecting and what if we ever get to go to live shows again you know that you're all in this shared experience of this like I know. I miss live shows so much. I know. But that you're all in this room and you're in this, like, I mean, some of my happiest memories are at, you know, concerts of just, like, we're all singing along and you just, like, have this sense of joy. It's, it's, yeah. you can't, you can't mistake it. (laughs) And hopefully we get to do that again. Well, I appreciate you both being on the show today. This is great. Anything else you want to add or? I I think we're good. But it's fun to just talk about this stuff. You know, I think we love what we do, so it's fun to talk about. And yeah, I seriously, who doesn't love music? It's funny, like I, like my siblings, like don't listen to music like I do. Like I'll be like, oh, like literally this is like a year and a half after Florence and the Machine, Dog Days Are Over came out. I said, I mentioned the song to my brother and he's like, what's that song? I've never heard of it. And I was like, what? you living under a rock, man? Like, who are you? But it's true. Like, it doesn't register with everyone like it registers with music lovers. Well, thanks. Well, thank yeah, you. Thank you for having us. Thanks to Lindsay and Laura for being on the show and to the Bang Ups for the theme music. This has been the I Love Music podcast with Jen Fedora.